Hi there. Welcome back to Cut the Crypt, a weekly podcast where we deepen your understanding of the crypto world and in the coming weeks on the blockchain world as well. I'm your host Rohas Nagpal. Now, last week we discussed the blockchain basics with Riya Bambani who's also the show's producer. We discussed what a blockchain really is, how the blockchain works, some good and bad use cases. and we touched upon the primary public blockchains out there so do check out that episode if you haven't already in the coming weeks we will dive deeper into some of these main public blockchains and today it's all about ethereum except ethereum isn't really a blockchain nor is it a cryptocurrency but what does that mean and why then are we discussing it as a public blockchain to find out riya joins us again this week with her questions on ethereum So let's begin. Welcome back, Ria. Thanks, Rohash. I'm glad to be back for part two of our series on blockchain. So now I'm going to begin with the point that you opened this episode with. As you said, Ethereum isn't a blockchain, nor, as widely misunderstood, a cryptocurrency. It's actually a protocol, a set of rules or procedures. So what does this really mean? The simplest example would be when you browse the internet. You may have noticed in the browser. every website begins with http or https that stands for hypertext transfer protocol so that's the way in which web browsing works or when you send an email or receive an email you are using protocols like smtp which is simple mail transfer protocol or pop3 which is post office protocol so almost everything that we do in the tech world runs on protocols and just like that ethereum is also a protocol Got it. So essentially, Ethereum is a protocol, and then there's multiple blockchains running on it. Then, absolutely correct. So, in fact, multiple independent blockchains run on the Ethereum protocol. And when most people talk about Ethereum, they're talking about Mainnet. That's the primary public Ethereum blockchain where real-world transactions happen. And the main native crypto of that Ethereum Mainnet is called Ether (ETH). and then there are also test networks like gearly covan rinkibi and robsten i hope i got the pronunciation right got it so essentially when we talk about ethereum as a blockchain people are really talking about ethereum mainnet that's correct so now the ethereum consensus mechanism is proof of work we spoke about this in last week's episode a little bit but can you explain and elaborate a bit more on how this works in the context of ethereum Sure. So a consensus mechanism is the method in which a blockchain validates transactions. And in Ethereum like in Bitcoin, something called proof of work is used where you have these really powerful computers who are trying to crack a mathematical problem. And every few minutes, the first computer which cracks this problem gets a reward and mines a block or validates a bunch of transactions. so that's what proof of work really means so you know i've been reading up on what you've written about um you know ethereum as well in the past and there's a few terms that i think i'd like for us to dive deeper into so the first one is what is the ethereum virtual machine the evm sure so ethereum virtual machine or evm is actually considered one of the greatest blockchain innovations so it's the environment in which all ethereum accounts and smart contracts live So as you know smart contracts are programs that run automatically when some predefined conditions are met. 
now the sole purpose of the ethereum protocol is to keep this evm running continuously and in an uninterrupted fashion and without any unauthorized changes happening to it so ethereum has only one unique state which is kind of like a snapshot of everything that's happening on the ethereum say mainnet blockchain so the evm defines these rules for calculating these new valid states from one block to another i know that sounded really complicated but unfortunately i'm not able to simplify it any further and uh, another thing i'd like to mention here that evm exists as a single entity which is maintained by a large number of connected computers which we call as nodes okay so the next concept that i wanted to touch upon is what is block time so block time is the time that is taken to mine a new block or which basically means a bunch of transactions and the average ethereum block time is 12 to 14 seconds got it got it and you know something that i've heard a lot is always when we talk about nfts um people often say that you know nfts operate on the ethereum mainnet is that correct and why is it why do people usually choose ethereum why is that become the sought after protocol for uh, nfts so before ethereum came on the scene we had a lot of blockchains which used to only run a single crypto that's all they would do so whether it's bitcoin litecoin bitcoin cash but when ethereum came into the picture it for the first time allowed people to build smart contracts and do so many things on it that is why that when nft started for the first time they directly started with ethereum because that was the only blockchain available at that time to do this and because ethereum's been there for, for the longest and it's really really popular we find almost all projects today relating to nfts end up on ethereum although a lot of them have also now started to use polygon because ethereum's become pretty expensive to use you also mentioned and i found this interesting you mentioned that ethereum started the concept of decentralized finance what do you mean by that sure so uh, defi or decentralized finance is an umbrella term so whatever financial transactions we do or use cases that we run on a blockchain they get clubbed under the term defi and if you look at what ethereum's evolved into so today you have like more than 100 billion dollars worth of fiat pegged and algorithmic stable coins then you got a whole bunch of very innovative projects like uniswap chainlink aave unstoppable domains basic attention token polygon opensea all of these are also running in the ethereum ecosystem and we've also in fact even now got a lot of asset backed cryptos like tokenized shares gold even agricultural commodities like wheat and soya are today being tokenized on the ethereum blockchain and all this comes under defi ah i see so ethereum essentially was the one that's opened up all these opportunities um for in terms of defi absolutely correct uh something that again i wanted to bring up was the beacon chain i found this very interesting can you explain to our listeners what it is sure so a lot of people may be hearing about something called the merge So what's actually happening is that beacon chain is this base on which the Ethereum ecosystem hopes to become more secure, more sustainable and more scalable. So as of today, beacon chain is running in parallel to the Ethereum mainnet that we spoke about. And while Ethereum mainnet is using proof of work, beacon chain uses something called proof of stake. Now it is expected that over the next few months, the Ethereum mainnet will merge with the beacon chain and when this happens 
ऑटोमेटिकली इथेरियम मेननेट विल बिकम प्रूफ ऑफ स्टेक नॉट प्रूफ ऑफ वर्क विच इट इज टूडे एंड बिकॉज ऑफ दिस इथेरियम माइनिंग विल स्टॉप एंड दिस विल सेव द वर्ल्ड अज अमाउंट ऑफ एनर्जी इन फैक्ट इट इज प्रिडिक्टेड दैट द इथेरियम एनर्जी कंजम्पन विल रिड्यूस बाय नाइनटी नाइन परसेंट Okay, that sounds really great. What do you think are the other, you know, implications or the, you know, the sort of domino effects that we'll see of the merge? Sure. So one thing is that, that as of today, when we look at proof of work, you know, there is a pressure on the miner to immediately sell the newly minted cryptos to pay their bills of electricity and other things. But in a proof of stake blockchain. the holders get paid to validate transactions so this incentivizes people to hold the eth rather than selling it and that could lead to the eth prices going up another thing that we hope for is that when the environmental impact comes down a lot of financial institutions will start to use the ethereum ecosystem even more and they would buy more eth logically eth price could again move up okay so overall you would say that we're feeling quite optimistic about ethereum then that's correct But I was wondering, do you also see any drawbacks to it? Uh, well, that's a very good question. So one thing that I always fear is that the high price of ETH will actually kill Ethereum. See, as a blockchain, Ethereum is valuable only if startups, DAOs, and developers continue to build on it. Right now, the investors who are there, they don't really care about all this. They just want to see the price of ETH going up. Right. So everyone talks about ETH to Moon or to Lambo. You know, those are the kind of slang that people use. But as ETH becomes more expensive, Ethereum begins to become infeasible for users. Now imagine if you had to spend one hundred and sixty dollars to transfer a hundred dollars worth of tokens. It doesn't make any sense, right? So because of this, a lot of the leading startups and DAOs are migrating to other blockchains, including Solana, Cardano. and that i believe could be quite risky for the future of ethereum got it got it so it's almost like this conflict that we're seeing between like you know investors who have like a different want a different outcome from ethereum and then we're seeing people who can actually use it in in different use cases and for them it might just not be worth the investment then absolutely correct so i've read your argument on what you fear about ethereum and i found it very compelling Can you elaborate on this a little for our listeners, and also how it would affect decentralized finance, what we just spoke about? Uh, sure. So, like, uh, there's another point. So, one is, of course, the price of ETH going up too high makes Ethereum as a platform less profitable, and thereby moving people away from that. Another fear, which is always there, not just for Ethereum but for any blockchain, is that what if a new major flaw or bug is exploited, right? especially ethereum right now is undergoing a lot of technological upgrades which are supposed to improve transaction speeds reduce gas fees and migrate from proof of work to proof of stake now suppose there's a major bug found well eth could lose its entire value and even crash to zero so that's another very big fear that exists and i guess this is a thought that i had earlier you know so now with bitcoin for example you know we've seen the way it's progressed and uh, you know we've even spoken on this podcast how it's become a store of value so do you see then that becoming the case with ethereum so uh, that's a that's a very interesting question or let me try to explain it to you with a real life example so in the conventional world we need fuel petrol diesel coal electricity to power the transport system you know the trains the planes and the trucks Now suppose the price of fuel skyrockets that would impact the entire global economy everything would become more expensive 
and the transportation sector would be then forced to move to alternative energy like solar for example now that is what the eth price is doing to the cost of doing business in the world of decentralized finance eth is not supposed to be a store of value eth is the fuel for running the ethereum blockchain and thereby running defi right so if you raise the price of eth too much you're going to destroy defi completely which is why eth becoming store of value would be disastrous that's so interesting i mean that makes me almost think and i want your thoughts on this what do you see then as the future of ethereum you know is it like something that started out really strong um and has kind of been like this uh and if i want to use the term roadmap you know for how other blockchains may now operate but then it's going to like run its course so do you see it changing and becoming and, and you know is here to stay that's a very good point so it would all depend upon how successfully and how soon the merge happens and after that you know how fast ethereum transactions become and if they become economically reasonably priced then i think ethereum could continue to keep its lead for a longer time otherwise i think other blockchains could take it over okay well those are all the questions i had for today thanks again rohas for having me on the show this was i think it helped me um, you know help me answer all the questions that i had in my head and i hope it does for our listeners too Thanks Ria and to all our listeners I hope you found this useful and one of the best ways to learn about blockchain is through quizzes so every friday i go live on creator club with a quiz on a theme related to blockchain and crypto and if you would like to see the past quizzes just head over to my website rohasnagpal.com great and before we leave i just like to request our listeners to follow this podcast and rate it wherever you're listening to it right now this always helps us reach more crypto enthusiasts like yourself and it helps these resources find a wider audience thanks for listening in and we'll be back next week 